0: Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Dear God, we thank you today for your son, Jesus Christ. He makes this all possible for us to have life eternal. We thank you that uh, all we have to do is accept that free gift, and it's ours. We thank you, God, in Jesus' name. All right. I don't know if anyone, I just don't know anyone that wants to get into a head-on collision. This, uh, this is um, it's, it's one of the most violent crashes that there are that you can ever encounter, and you don't want to be part of it. This is a um, three-part message on overcoming obstacles. And uh, so this is the one of three. And I hope that, uh, that you'll enjoy this. Let me just get this one thing right here. So, everybody has to overcome obstacles at one point in their life or another. And uh, this series is helping us understand how to overcome obstacles. Last last week, you know, obstacles come in different sizes and shapes, colors. They come at different times. They come at you different ways. Sometimes you know they're coming. You can see them. Other times, you don't. And what you have to do is be able to understand how God wants you to overcome obstacles. Last week, we talked about a, um, a man who was paralyzed. He, no matter what happened, he just couldn't get to Jesus, who was in a crowded house, and all the people that were there to listen to Jesus, supposedly religious folks, wouldn't let him in. And he was carried on a mat by his four friends. And he tried every way he could, but he just couldn't get in. And the church people wouldn't let him in. So he went around with his friends. He went around the obstacle. Sometimes you've got to go around an obstacle. And not only did he do that, he went up on the roof. His friends dug a hole in the roof and lowered him to Jesus. And, uh, and so he eventually got to Jesus. He went around that obstacle Sometimes you've got to go around obstacles. Sometimes you've got to face them. Sometimes you've just got to go straight through them. And this man, with help, was able to do that. He believed in God. He wanted to get to God so much that he didn't let anything stop him. That should be the desire of our heart when we have an obstacle in front of us that we should be pointed towards God and get to it any way we can. Head-on collisions. They're the most violent of wrecks that there ever could be. But there are head on collisions other than in cars. I think of when I was younger, a baby at bedtime. Now, some of you may not be able to think back that far, but I'm going to tell you it's like a head on collision. You know it's coming every night. And it's the bottle, and it's the burping, and it's the diaper, and it's the patent. And it's the laying down, and it's the walking away, and it's trying every trick you can get to get that baby to go to sleep. Nah. here's another one that may even be a little closer to some of you in here. It's a head-on collision between parents and teenagers. <laughs> or if you're a teenager, it's a head-on collision with your parent. Yeah. It just depends on your perspective. But sometimes it's head-on, and there's nothing you can do about it. I'll tell you another one, too. I just suspect uh, many of you in here in this room may have experienced this. It's a head-on collision between a husband and a wife, or a wife and a husband. And man, oh man, in my previous life I've gone to quite a few of those, I'll tell you. And they generally don't turn out good. Yeah, and and here's one that I think everybody can appreciate. Your in-laws, doesn't matter who they are, but I can promise you, somebody from the other family, you've had a collision. And, of course, Christians have many opportunities for head-on collisions with Satan. It's what he does. And these head-on collisions with Satan are called obstacles. They can get in your way. The second of three uh, is going to talk about overcoming obstacles and how overcoming obstacles help you overcome obstacles. See, overcoming obstacles helps us overcome obstacles, and overcoming things just helps us get better at it. You kind of get in your groove. And once you've overcome an obstacle... You've got some momentum build up and you can move to the next obstacle and move to the next obstacle because obstacles are a for sure thing in life, especially in the Christian life when you're going to face resistance at every corner. And it's like breaking a cycle if you can get through that first one. And when you can get through that next one, you break another cycle. Now, this story today, there's a lot of different ways for me to approach this story. It's a story that I think everybody knows is one of the most cherished Bible stories that are taught for young ones. And uh, it's a story about a king, David, and a giant, Goliath. Now, I could approach this, I want you to know, from the five smooth stones angle. I could go that way. Or I could go the angle of Goliath and his brothers and there's four of them supposedly and that's why they've got the five stones and David's going to face them because he's got five stones and this is prophetic. I could do that. I could go at this at the angle that David, when he went to face Goliath, was given the armor of Saul. And he was given Saul's armor to put on to go face Goliath. And I'll tell you. When you're facing things, you, you're not going to be able to put on your mama or your daddy's armor. Amen. You, Amen. You're not going to be able to put on your brother's armor or your buddy's armor. You better have your own armor. Hallelujah. And if you don't have it in your heart, you're not going to have it when you need it. Because obstacles will come up in a second. I could, I could go that, what, that angle with it. Or I could go to the angle where David's brothers, now David was the youngest of his brothers, and they rebuked him for coming up in front and addressing Saul and addressing Goliath. Now I could also go at this at the angle where whoever kills Goliath gets the spoils of a war. Oh, he's going to be rich. He gets the king's wife and his family pays no taxes. Man, there's a story there. And I could really approach this at the angle where, yeah, where the Israelites, God's people, are facing a giant. And David is the one that goes down and faces the giant. And, and David represents Jesus Christ. And the people of Israel represent us. That David would risk his life for us. I'm not going to go those angles. I'm going to go the angle of framing this around, overcoming an obstacle. Last week, the guy had to go around it to get to God. This week, it's a head-on collision. You can see it standing there. You know it's coming. The people of Israel were on one hillside. And the Philistines were on another hillside. And in the middle is this valley. And I want you to know that each day, twice a day in the morning and in the afternoon, this giant Goliath, he would come down and he would shout out across the valley. Now this guy... In all intents and purposes, when you research this, he was about 9 foot 9 inches tall. Think of the tallest NBA player you can think of. And he was taller. 10 foot rim. He, he can just lift up the ball to dunk it. He was so big that his armor alone weighed approximately 200 pounds if you're not up on your Shekels and the weights, about 200 pounds. He was an obstacle. And here's what 1 Samuel 178 and 9 says about this. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why don't you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. And if he's able to fight and kill me, we'll be your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will be our subjects to serve us. This is no doubt a physical battle in a physical part in a physical world. But I want you to not miss the significance of this spiritual battle that is going to go on between the two because they come together. You're going to have physical battles that you're going to realize this is spiritual. And it's going to be more than just a fist fight it's going to be more than just a disagreement. You've got to set in your mind before the obstacle comes how you're going to how you're going to act, how you're going to believe, what you're going to do. People of Israel had gotten out of captivity for 400 years. And this man comes out and demoralizes the Israelites. I mean, when he demoralizes them, they're afraid of him. And First, it's so demoralizing to them for 40 days and 40 nights that he may not have to fight. Obviously, they're, they're afraid. See, this is what Satan will do to us. When we're facing an obstacle, Satan, he goes about as a roaring lion, seeing who can he can consume. Just the sound of the lion roaring makes many just freeze. That's what Satan does. And in Samuel 17, 11, 1 Samuel, on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul, the leader, and all of the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Just those two words, dismayed and terrified, it sounds like there's just dismayed and terrified, but it means frozen with fear. It means panic. It means broken into pieces. It also means you can lose heart. And it says, for 40 days a Philistine came forward every morning and every evening, and he took his stand. 40 days is a number of testing in the Bible 40 days, 40 nights, 400 years, 40 years is a generation. 40 is a number of testing. And you can bet your life on the fact that these men that were standing there for battle, it came at them day after day after day. And you know, as you look at an obstacle, the longer you look at it, the bigger it gets. The longer you let it go and don't do anything, the bigger it gets. I want to relate it to like a cancer. It grows. And it grows. And if you don't do something... It's going to keep going. Some people in this room have had debilitating cancer, and they did something about it. They faced it head on. They took action. They persevered. Forty days of Philistine came forward every morning and every evening. and took a stand. So young David was taking care of sheep. He was the youngest. He left where he was taking care of sheep at his father's instruction to take food to the front lines. And that's what he did. Some of the uh, research says that he was a teenager. And it says whenever the Israelites saw the man Goliath, they fled from him. Sounds like a good army, huh? Doesn't sound like a Marine. You've heard of the fight or flight syndrome. This nervous system dumps adrenaline in you. And you can freeze up or you can run. I mean, they would just see him. When they saw the man, they fled from him in great fear. Satan wants you to be afraid. And David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Now, I'm going to stay away from the brother part right here where they rebuked him for coming up and just wanting to see the battle. And you just want to come up here and see a fight. That's all you need to get back to the sheep. See you later. Good thing he didn't listen to that. Good thing he did what God was telling him to do. Good thing that he did not leave and flee at his brother's instruction. Look, you, you can listen to your family when God's speaking to you, but they're not God. You make a choice who you're going to listen to. And if it's not God, and it's some good advice, Pastor Bonnie was talking about it this morning, you got to be around the right kind of people to have the right kind of message come into you. David and Saul had a relationship. David previously was selected to play the harp, and he was also an armor bearer for Saul. Look, you can be in the background one minute, and in the very next moment you're at the forefront. You can be backstage one day because they don't have a because they have a drummer, and then you show up and they don't have a drummer and you're back here with a pair of sticks in your pocket, and you come up. Here's what Saul said to David as David said, "I'm not going to listen to this man. He's he's cursing the living God." He said this. You are not able to go out against a Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. And he has been a warrior from his youth. You see, some people may think you're too young or you're too old. But They may think you don't have enough experience. You haven't gone through enough. Or, or you may think, I haven't done this before. I've never confronted this before. I don't know if I can do this or not. I can remember clear as a bell when my wife called with a young boy, 11 months old. She said, this boy needs a home. She said, just listen to me. Give me one minute to speak. And as the phone is against my ear, she's saying, we need to help this boy. His mother they don't know where his father is. He's, and all I could hear God saying was, "Yeah, just, just tell her okay." And I'm thinking, "Well, how am I going to pay for medical? How am I going to pay for food? How am I going to pay for college? How am I going to pay for? How am I going to pay for? How am I going to pay for? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? I'm a lot older now, and God was just saying, "I got it. I got it." Amen. I said, "Bring him home," honey. he, boom. Hallelujah. Just bring him home. Yeah. God has adopted us. We have inherited what he has. And David knew that. You see, man looks on the outside. But God looks at the heart. Overcoming obstacles helps you overcome obstacles. Think of the obstacles that you faced. And you may have won them or lost them. But regardless, you've confronted them. You've learned from the win, you've learned from the loss. You've got to keep moving. But David said to Saul, first Samuel 17, 34, 36, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And I want you to pay attention to what David did. You know, first Corinthians say that you don't count Wrongs, but you rejoice in rights. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And as David's saying this, I can see him being filled up with the Holy Spirit. He said, When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, which he's about to do. I struck it and killed it. David said, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine, he's going to be like one of them. You need to think about one of them. What's the one of them that you've conquered before? Because this next battle that you're going to have to face, you need to say, yeah, you're going to be one of them. An obstacle can define you. Nine foot nine inches, a warrior since his youth, a booming voice to be heard across the valley. It doesn't say anywhere in Scripture that the Israelites responded back. But the booming voice of Goliath came out, came forward, was projected across that valley. You know how it is. You've been out, your voice will carry not one peep. From the people of God. See, you've got to overcome obstacles or else they're going to overcome you. David said this, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he'll rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. David. I'm not going to talk about the armor. David tried to put on Saul's armor. Didn't work. Didn't fit. It's another day. He took a slingshot and some rocks. Sometimes the only way you're going to overcome an obstacle is a head-on collision. You better brace yourself. See, the main point is when you focus and face an obstacle head-on, remember God has already gotten you through. Remember what he's gotten you through. He's rescued you from the lion and from the bear. So what do you need to do? This week, what I want you to know is that David faced Goliath. It's one of the most common stories we have. He faced him. He slung a stone, sunk it in his head, and the great Goliath fell face down. David went to him, and just like he'd done the lion and the bear... He killed it, he grabbed it by its hair, and he cut his head off. Head-on collisions are violent. You've got to fight to get through obstacles. This week, all of you in here have overcome obstacles. All of us have faced them. Be thinking about the obstacles that you've faced. And what I want you to do is do what David did in his head-on collision with Saul. He says, I've rescued the sheep from the lion and the bear. I went after them. I struck them. And when they turned on me, I killed them. He started counting in his mind. Specifically, what he had conquered. What I'd like you to consider this week just take 30 minutes alone somewhere and think about the obstacles that you have conquered, that you've overcome, that you've tried to get out of, but you finally realize I've got to face this head on, I've got to do it, I've got to hit it, and I'm going to hit it. It may be a divorce, it may be financial. It may be medical. It may be spiritual. Maybe a relationship that was broken. It might be some way of thinking that you finally had to confront it in your life and say, Man, I got I to face this. Think of everyone you can and count it. Count it. Why do you need to do this? Here's what James 1 says. In Revised Standard, count it joy, my brethren, when you meet various trials or obstacles. Count it joy when you you face an obstacle. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or perseverance or patience or endurance. That's what that word means. And let the steadfastness, perseverance, patience, or endurance have its full effect. If you got a victory... You need to let it have its full effect. You sure can remember the things you messed up on. That's really easy. Man, I messed up this. I messed up that. I had a chance here. I had a chance here. Change that perspective. Flip that thing around and say, uh uh-uh. No, here's what I did right. Because Satan's going to be telling you, here's what you did wrong. That's what Satan's going to be saying. Yeah, you messed up here. You messed up there. You're really not going to, you know, you got by that. No. You count the lines and you count the bears in your life. You start adding them up. You face that thing head-on so that you'll be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. David and Goliath, head-on collision. Do you have something head-on in front of your life right now that's right in front of you and you know it? Do you need to confront something today that's an obstacle I'm going to give you that chance. But before I do that, I want you to think. What have you already overcome? What have you already been successful at? You see, today is a message of encouragement. No matter what you face, no matter how you face it, God is there for you. He's there with you. He wants to come up beside you and help you. Last week, had to go around an obstacle. This week, is head on. Next week, you've got to go straight through them. Dear God, I, I thank you today for this small example of being able to count what we've overcome. Father, we know that obstacles can define us just like it defined David this day. Who listened to your voice? Who took your courage, and he mixed it with his courage and faith. And he met the obstacle head on. I thank you for that, God, that you can help us with obstacles no matter which way they come at us. And I thank you, Lord. Father, for those here that don't know Jesus Christ, their biggest obstacle is death. Spiritual death separated from God. So if you're here or listening and you have not given your life to Jesus Christ, that obstacle is in front of you. Come to to God. He stands at the door. He's waiting. And if you're a mature Christian here and you have had obstacles that you don't know how you're going to overcome them, I want to encourage you today. You can go around. You can hit them face on, or you can go straight through them. God's got the answer for you. So, wherever you are, just bow your head. Say, God, I'm going to count these things that I've done right. I'm going to count these things that I've overcome already. And I'm going to put them in my memory. I'm not going to put the defeats. Love doesn't count wrongs. It rejoices in the right. We thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. If you'd like prayer, please come up and uh, we have prayer available for you. We have those that will pray for you. If you don't know your if you don't know your status on Jesus Christ. Let those that are praying come share with you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. God bless you.